Good to be with you this morning. It's Friday already. Hard to believe, isn't it, uh, that we are already here uh, at the end of the week. This week has flown right by so very, very, very quickly. It's just, it's just stunning to think of how quickly uh, this week uh, flew flew by. But here we are, and uh, we are ready to wrap up the the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians today dealing with the relationship between husbands and wives, which uh, is to be uh, illustrative of the relationship between Christ and his church. So um, if you're thinking, well, I'm not married, this doesn't have any application or implication for me, I, I would just say, well, wait, just hold on a minute. Yeah, it does have implications for you because it helps you understand the relationship between Christ and the church. 
Uh, or if the possibility would be that you would get married again at some point in time or get married at some point in time, maybe you've never been married, uh, then um, then I, I would say that it would also have great import for you uh, as well as just understanding relationships between men and women. Uh, this particular section of Scripture helps with helps us with that. Some would say, well, this is really just about husbands and wives. No, it's about uh, the Christ and the church. It's about relationships between people. And so uh, as we get into this chapter, we're going to uh, uh, just, I think, be instructed, be inspired, be encouraged, maybe be discouraged some uh, if, depending on what the relationship is like between you and your spouse, if you are married. Um Jumping right into it, I, I said yesterday that I believe verse 21 can either apply to the preceding uh, section that we looked at yesterday or to this section here, uh, or a third option is it really has application in both settings, and that would be what uh, what I would conclude that uh, verse 21 uh, has definite implications and definite applications to uh, to both the relationships in the broader body of Christ and then also very specifically uh, into the life between a husband uh, and a wife. So uh, verse 21, Ephesians chapter 5, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now the fact is we don't like, especially in American culture, we don't like this idea, this concept of submitting to anything. Um, and I do say American. I mean, it's it's a human thing. I think uh, Adam and Eve didn't want to submit to the one command that God had given. Uh, and throughout the scriptures, we see men not wanting to submit to one another, not wanting to submit to God. But I think, I, I don't know, I, I can't say I didn't live in those days 5,000 years ago or 2,000 years ago or 1,000 years ago or 500 years ago uh, or even 80-some years ago. I didn't live. But uh, I do think we've become more and more and more selfish, more and more and more independent, uh, more and more and more nobody else's business is my business, more and more and more. I get to call the shots in my life. at least I think that's that way in American culture. I mean, you, you can comment whether you'd agree or disagree with with whether you think that assessment is true, but we do we we do not like the idea of submitting to someone else. Yeah, we need to. We need to submit to governing authorities. Or we need to submit to our boss. Uh, we need to submit to one another and to learn to have this sense of surrender to one another the sense of of being uh, taking what somebody else has to say and, and and submitting ourselves to it it's something that i think we need to learn if we're going to become more and more and more like christ we need to learn to understand and to apply so the, the the reality the practice of submission to one another so i I think the verse has application. Verse twenty-one has application to uh, to the previous section, and it also has application to uh, what we're about to work through this morning about husbands and wives. So, verse twenty-one: submit to one another, reverence for Christ. Bring that into the the marital relationship: husbands submitting to wives, wives submitting to husbands. Now we're going to get to verse twenty-two 
in just a second. But, you know, a husband submitting, in, in other words, if his wife is really wanting something, then he figures out, okay, how am I going to uh, fulfill that? How am I going to satisfy that? How am I going to? And so we, we look at that and uh, we, we try to figure out how it is that the husband would submit to his wife and, and the idea of, you know, she, the honeydew list. I mean, it, that's the, the honeydew list is the proverbial joke, is it not? I mean, it doesn't have to be a joke, but, but we joke a lot about the, the honeydew list and, and men talking about, uh, you know, I've got this honeydew list and a little joke saying that, you know, uh, you give you give a guy a list. You don't have to remind him about it every six months. Uh, that some of the jokes that come out about the honeydew list, but yet there is an aspect to which, it, when we submit to each other, when we surrender to each other, when we love each other, that the man would would surrender to that list and go, okay, I need because I love my wife. I need to go knock that out and get that taken care of. Sometimes it's a short list. Sometimes it's not a short list. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's an expensive list, uh, like a 30-year list, uh, it, all those types of things. But to learn how to surrender to one another. Uh, so it, it's a two-way street. It isn't just the wife submitting to her husband. And this, this verse, verse 22, gets abused all the time. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Um in a uh, paternalistic, uh, man-based culture, I mean man like men versus women culture, we would say often, or they would say, because I wouldn't put myself in that camp, that it's the wife's job just to do what the husband wants, whatever it is. Woman, submit. The Bible says you're to submit to your husband, you know. Wait a minute, there's going to be a whole lot more that's going to come out here about the husband in this passage than uh, than, than necessarily has application to the wife. The, 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 the husband has the, the, the taller order, if you will, because the husband, as we're going to see as we work our way through this passage, has the responsibility of treating his wife like Christ treats the church. And and this will unfold as we go through here. So wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body, which is of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And here is the operative and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Wives, submit to your husbands. Now, we will look at some other translations, some other paraphrases here, in fact, let's just go ahead and put this up there right now, the New Living Translation. Uh, verse 22, for wives, uh, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And, and the New Living Translation, for wives, this means what, what this is it referring to. It's referring to the previous verse. And further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. 
as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit your husbands and everything for, for husbands. So look at verse 22. This is the New Living Translation for wives. Verse 25, for husbands. There is instruction for both the wife and the and the husband. Verse 25, for husbands, this means loves your, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and he gave him gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washing her with the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she'll be holy and without fault. I think the husband has the taller order, and yet, Far too often in a paternalistic culture, uh, misogynistic culture, if you will, and I don't, I don't know that we live in one of those, but we have seen it over time, and some church circles have been paternalistic, misogynistic, uh, in, in elevating man and, and relegating woman to the place of slave place of doormat and and when it says here in in these verses particularly verse 22 for wife to submit to her husband does not mean doormat you know what a doormat is a doormat is something that someone walks all over all the time they're they're coming and they're going they're entering the house and they're they're walking on on uh, on the spouse and so this does not mean that at all that the wife is to become the doormat to the husband, and, and the husband just just walks all over the wife. It, it doesn't mean that. Submit, listen to, uh, respect. Uh, there is an aspect that that the wife is to submit uh, and respect, but the, the the aspect also here that comes out in this passage that the husband is to love the love his wife as Christ loved the church. Christ absorbed our sin. Christ hung on the cross. Christ surrendered his life. Christ sacrificed himself uh, for us. And husbands, we are called to do the same thing, to sacrifice ourselves. Now, now what type of sacrifice might it be? It might not be going to a cross as Jesus had to do, but it could very well be a sacrifice of uh laying aside some of our dreams, some of our aspirations, some of our wants. I mean, I've heard of husbands that will tell their wives, I don't want you to go out and spend more money and buy more clothes. And yet a week later, he backs into the driveway with a brand new boat or a four-wheeler or something. He can go out and spend $10,000 or $20,000 or $30,000 on something, but his wife can't buy a pair of shoes. Come on now. Uh, that is not the way. In fact, I, I, th- that is not just uh, an illustration. That, that is a reality sometimes in, in the relationship between some husbands and wives. The man can go out and buy something at several hundred or several thousand dollars, but the wife better not go on Amazon and buy one more blessed thing. Uh, th- that's, that can be the way that it is. But husbands, it might mean, okay, your wife gets to buy her shoes and gets to buy her dress, and that might mean you don't buy your four-wheeler or buy your new gun or buy your new boat or buy your new truck or buy your new set of uh, Milwaukee power tools or whatever it might be. Even more than than the idea of that sense of self-sacrifice, uh, it might mean you have to work harder. It might mean you have to work more jobs. It, it might mean that that you learn how to be more tender. Husbands, 
And I know this morning there are more wives listening than, than husbands at, during the live broadcast. At least that's what I think uh, at this point in time from what I can see. Um, but the husbands have the tall order. A, a wife, I, I want to submit to Christ because Christ wants good for me. That's why I, I would want to surrender. Uh, I, I want to surrender because uh, he has uh, he has my uh, my best at heart. And a husband should have his best at heart for his wife. What is best for her? What will what will help her shine? What will help her be radiant? What will keep the the, the twinkle, the sparkle in her eyes? I mean, that's what a husband needs to do. So so what do we do? We learn their love language. What do we do? We we communicate love. I know husbands, well, I just I, I want to smack some I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit gruff here. I'd like to smack some men upside the back of the head or kick them in the hind end and say, What are you thinking? Well, I told her when I married her, I love her. And I told her, you know, if that ever changes, I'll let you know. You're an idiot. Sorry. That's just being an idiot. And, and I would say that to any man. You're an idiot. You need to learn how to communicate love to your wife. And I, I know I'm being a little bit harsh here, but I get so, so tired of of seeing men who, who do not treat their wives, especially Christian men, who do not treat their wives as as Christ treats the church. They, they do not look out for the, the best interest of the wife because they're more interested in looking out for the best interest of themselves. What are the love languages? I mean, we communicate verbally. We need to tell our wives how beautiful they are. We need to tell our wives how much we love them. We need to tell our wives how good they look. My wife and I began, if it's keto or low-carb, might be on the edge between the two, and the two are not the same. Uh, there's low-carb, then more extremely there's keto, and we've tried to do keto. I haven't lost weight. This has been an exceptionally busy summer for me. I haven't gotten the walks in, and we've had the puppies and all these different things. I'm not losing weight, but Wendy is just shedding the pounds, and I tell her how proud I am of her. Husbands, tell your wife how proud you are of her. Don't Don't make her walk on eggshells. Don't you know, don't be harsh. Don't be abusive. Don't don't be belittling. Don't be demeaning. In fact, not only don't do those things, go the other direction. Be inspiring. Be encouraging. Uh, tell her that you love her without strings attached. You know what I mean? Build her up. Share with her scripture. Maybe she has been the one to leave you the little love notes. Uh, you know, you you open up your underwear drawer, and there on top of your underwear or your socks is is a little love note from your wife. Well, learn to do that for her. Uh, you you go into the bathroom and you open up the the medicine cabinet, and there on your your can of shave cream is a little little note from your wife, something encouraging. Learn to do that for her. Uh, all these things that we need to do now, I, meets talking about these things could be discouraging for some wives listening in this morning. But but you can you can you can trick your husband into listening to this maybe. So you need to hear this. The focus so often has gone on has gone on the the, the early part of the the very first verse, verse twenty two. Wives submit to your husbands. Woman, you need to submit. I, I, I'm kind of repeating myself there. 
that is that is the small issue. The large issue is what the husband is supposed to do, in my estimation, in looking at the verse. Verse 2 says, For a husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. He is the, uh, he is the Savior of his body, the church. We should be the Savior of our spouse. We should make our spouse feel like we're going to come to their uh, rescue. When I say spouse, I mean wife. I mean woman, wife. Uh, that, that we're going to come to their rescue, that we're going to be there for them. We're going to be there to pray for them. We're going to be there to take them to the doctor where they need to go to the doctor or the hospital they need to go to the hospital. We're not going to be the one that, that, that comes home, well, I've had a busy day today, and you need to do the dishes, and you need to do the laundry. and you need to. We, we live in a time now when, when both husbands and wives so often work. You share the load. I, I really think that is the way it needs to be. And, and I know some some Christian men, well, it's the wife's responsibility. Well, what's your responsibility, dude? Tell me your responsibility when it comes to your number one responsibility beyond your follower followership of Christ is your wife. Number one, A, number one. Well, no, it's my job. No, it's your wife. You need to learn how to meet your wife's your, your wife's need emotionally. You need to learn how to meet your wife's need uh Mentally, intellectually, you need to learn how to meet your wife's need uh, relationally. You need to learn how to meet your wife's need uh, sexually. You need to learn how to meet your wife's need in all those different ways. Christ is looking out for how he can meet our needs. But also, husband, you have a responsibility, most importantly, spiritually for your wives. And yet, why is it that we see so oftentimes, and I'm going to preach on this again Sunday, uh, women leading the way because men aren't. Men, we need to. We need to lead the way. We need to have hunger and thirst after Jesus. We need to become like King David, King David the warrior, King David the builder, King David the conqueror, King David the king, in the sense of his heart for God was was bar none, except maybe Moses, even though David messed up an awful lot. He kept coming back to God. Men, we need to see men who will be like that. Men who are the first to raise their hands in worship. We need to see men who are the first to bow the knee in prayer. We need to see men who are first to open up their Bibles. Um, we just need to see that. Men who 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 cherish their wife and, and spend time with their wife and you know, some of you, I, I see some of the cutest pictures of some of you. One of you just logged on as, as I am saying this, or at least left a comment, and I'm thinking of some of the pictures that you put up with your your honey, with your spouse, and it just blesses my socks off. It really, really does. So, um, yeah, and and it in the comments being said here, uh, and I want to uh, take this comment and interact with this comment just uh, just a little bit. Um, we have the blessing of taking our husbands to the throne of God and ask him to teach our husbands his ways. Absolutely. I mean, a, a wife a wife should do that. Uh, but how about the husband being in the lead and doing that for the wives? Uh, how about flipping that over? Now, Now, some of you live in situations uh, as wives where you don't have a husband who is necessarily spiritually hungry. I want to just talk to especially the Christian men, that we would see Christian men 
who are spiritually hungry. That we would we would note all of those things, and 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 the Christian men who are opening up their Bibles, Christian men who are carrying their Bibles, Christian men who are you know I. I, I use my phone as a camera now, so I can't hold it in my hand. I mean, yeah, it's great. We we get our Bibles out. We get our phones out. But I just think there is something about carrying a physical Bible in our hands and opening it up. Now, I've gotten to the age I like to get things in large print. In fact, I've gotten to the age where probably I won't order as many books that are hardbound books or, or paper books unless I can get the large print version. Just I'm getting older. My eyes like the, the large print. So, but but men, I, I've got large print Bible, whatever it takes. I, I just really believe the Lord wants to see men step up and and men take the lead and men take the initiative in, in leading the charge with their families. I, I just I really see that, and especially coming out of a passage like what we're looking at today here in Ephesians chapter five. Let's. Let's look at this in the message and see the rendering that comes out in the message paraphrase. Again, uh, it's a paraphrase, and this will probably provide some uh, inspirational insight. Wives, understand and support your husbands in the way that shows your support for Christ. And that's kind of what is being said here in the comments, taking our husbands to the throne of God. And, and you, you understand, you support, you, you know, maybe it's you take them a sandwich, I know it's sandwich, but I said sandwich. I know I did, but you you take him a sandwich. Uh, you you take him a, a coffee. You you do something like that for your husband. Wives understand and support your husbands, and and that that can be everything from you know giving him the space that he needs sometimes to to understand the work that he is doing outside and sweating and mowing the grass or whatever he's doing. And I mean, it's a mutual thing. There's this sense of, of mutuality between husband and wife, but but to understand support your husbands uh, in ways that show your support for Christ. Then it goes on and says this, the husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing, that we would learn how to cherish our spouse. And that I, what it, we would figure out what does it take to make my wife feel cherished? What does it take to 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 make my my wife has this sparkle in her eyes. I was looking at someone's Facebook picture the other day, a uh, younger couple, that uh, it, it seemed to me that the girl used to have a lot more twinkle in her eyes before they were married. Now they've been married for a few years, I don't know, a couple, two, three years, just some friends I know, people I know, younger people I know, and I'm looking at her face and it's like, I don't see the joy. Uh, I, I don't see the sparkle in her eyes and, you know, what's up with that? And for me as a husband, sometimes an idiotic husband, to figure out what do I need to do to put the put the fire back in my wife, to, to put the, uh, uh, to, to, to cause her to, to feel cherished and loved and nurtured and things like that, to ask ourselves to not domineer, but to, to cherish. Verse 24 says, so just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should submit to their husbands. Uh, wives should submit to the husbands. The question is for the man, what type of leadership is the man exercising? There's rulership and then there's leadership. 
there's being the boss and there's being the leader. They are not the same thing. The boss is just, well, I can tell you what to do because you're under me. Well, a leader says, let me show you what to do because I will go before you and, and to be that type of a leader in the home. Down at verse 25, it says, Husbands, go all out in love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not by getting. And so we're trying to, to give and not just get for our wives. I mean, again, that can be everything from gifts, that can be time, um, that can be words, that can be touch. Uh, there, there's all kinds of ways. Uh, look up the five languages of love. Just Google it, and I'm sure you can find websites. You can watch videos. You can you can just find the list of what are the five languages of love. There's probably a, a f- probably five languages of love tests that you can take to just kind of evaluate what is it like in my life. It, 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 what are my love languages? What are my spouse's love languages? To learn those things, and, and I love the way that Peterson puts this in verse 25. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. A mark love by giving, not getting. Now, let me let me continue on down through. Since we're in the message, I will keep this, keep this open because I, I do want to conclude this passage today. Whether we get through every verse, we're catching the large concept here. Verse 26 says, Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring out the best in her, dressing dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. This is what I'm talking about. Husbands, your wife is a diamond. Do everything you can to make her sparkle. Verse 26, Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. That as husbands, our words would evoke the beauty of our wives that what we do and what we say is designed to bring out the best in her. Uh, verse 28, and now that, uh, and that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers her. That's how Christ treats us, the church. He feeds, he pampers since we're part of his body. Verse 31 says this, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife no longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. I think this is such clear teaching. Uh, I, I think that... Uh, it isn't necessarily easy to live out, but it's clear teaching what we ought to do. And and the language that goes out uh, here uh, in the message about, you know, making her sparkle, making her dazzling, all those, all those types of words. I mean, for a husband to look at his wife and say, what do I do? What do I do to make her? And it says in the NIV in verse 27 to make her radiant to take stock. What do I do to to make my wife radiant? Now, there are some who take verse 31. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will be one flesh, that 
that you know a woman is to move on from her family and have nothing to do with them anymore. This isn't what it means, but it, it, what it does mean is this, that the two are one flesh, that the two become one, that the two should become united in heart and mind. And if, if we're working at things the way that God wants us to work at things, then we're going to take steps to become one in heart, one in mind, one in body, one in flesh, one in goals. You know, uh, I, I've talked to some younger people uh, along the way uh, and have counseled and said, look, it just seems like you don't, you don't have that much in common. I mean, why are you getting so serious in a relation in this relationship? Well, they get me. Well, maybe they get you, but if you have nothing in common, you, you, you got to think about the next 50, 60, 70 years of your life. Uh, look at what you have in common and, you know, is the person spiritually in the same place? So now I'm talking to people who aren't married. Are they spiritually in the same place as you? Uh, how does that affect? How does that impact? You know, uh, okay, so they're a Christian. Uh, you, they like classic rock, and, and you despise classic rock, and you like country music. It, uh, they don't eat meat. You love to hunt, and you love to butcher it on your kitchen table. Um. They don't like to travel. You love to travel. Uh, they don't like to, uh, you know, socialize with, with crowds of people. You love crowds of people. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if you're not married yet, you need to take stock of all these things and slow down uh, before you before you make that commitment, before you get too deep into the relationship, uh, because it might be a relationship that then you can't live out as, as you would want to. Find that person. Uh, and if, if you're already married, uh, you have what you have, uh, and you, you need to do everything you can, whether you're a husband or a wife to, to make the, the marriage, the best you can make it, whether your spouse is or not. But for those that are listening, uh, to make application of this, how can I be a better wife? How can I be a better husband? How can I, how can I make my, my husband feel loved? How can I make my wife feel loved? Uh, how can together, how can we become more like Christ uh, in the way that we live our lives? This is a uh, one of the most clear uh, passages, I think, about marriage that you will find uh, in the Bible. And um, it gives so much instruction to us in terms of the husband and wife relationship. And I, I want to really encourage you to to read it in different passages, to think about it, to say, uh, how how can we um, how can we make application? How can I make application? How can I become more like Christ in in living this out in my marriage? It, it's a tall order. Uh, often we set dis, uh, we suffer setbacks and disappointments. Uh, and, and I want to encourage you if that is where you are, pray. Come before the Lord. Come before the throne of grace. Find others who will pray with you. Uh, that you would be all you need to be, that your spouse will be all they need to be. I, I know some spouses that will say, well, you shouldn't talk about us at all. Well, you know, I disagree with that. I, I, I think that sometimes, especially with, with among Christians, you need to have a person you can go to and say, would you pray for me? I'm really struggling. I want to kill them. And you might say that that's kind of harsh, but sometimes you ever feel that way. It's just like, oh, uh, Maybe your wife, maybe it's a husband that feels that way, but I, I tend to think more often it's a wife that feels that way. How can we grow to become all that we can become in a Christian marriage? 
this passage is a classic passage that gives instruction of of what that is to be like. And Christ and his church are the picture of that for us. Marriage is an ongoing road of learning for both husband and wife. We must be open to encourage our spouse to be the best that God created them to be. Words of our dear, dear sister, Nell Littlefield, in the comments there and absolutely agree with that. So, friends, I'm going to wrap it up there today. I'm going to get us into our day. I want to pray that the Lord will help us in our marriages. Lord, help us. We need your help. We need your encouragement to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be godly husbands, to be godly wives. We need insight into how to uh, bless our spouse. We need insight into how to grow spiritually. Uh, And we know that you want us to, to grow spiritually because you say it right here in your words. So, Lord, we take it to heart. Help us. We need your help in our marriages. And Lord, for marriages that are really suffering, really struggling, we pray that your spirit would work in hearts to bring conviction, to bring repentance, to bring restoration. And Lord, for for those of us that perhaps have a decent marriage, that we we would model a good marriage that others can look at and go, I want what they have. Lord, we need your help. And so we we ask all this in Jesus' name. And as the conclusion says, Lord, hear our prayer. Have a great day, everyone. I will see you again uh, over the weekend.